My name's David Jenkinson and we are at NAPPI 2019, the first event of the television calendar. I'm with uh, Mark Berman, who is the founder of uh, Programming Insider, and, and Ed Waller, Editorial Director of C21 Media. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, if NAPPI was the barometer for the television year, and particularly domestically, um, what, sort of, uh, what sort of a reading are we getting, Mark, do you think? You know what, I think we're getting a very positive reading here this year. You know what, I, what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling, and I've been coming to NAPI, if, if my math is correct, this is my 22nd consecutive year of, of being here. And I feel like syndication is alive again, you know, which is very exciting for the business. You know, we've, we saw, you know, a peak a number of years ago, and then we started seeing less of an emphasis on it. We didn't see a lot of new shows. I feel like it's alive again. What's caused that? You know, I think a number of things. You know, first off, we're in this era of peak TV. So peak TV means that last year there were over 500 scripted series on uh, across all platforms. That doesn't mean that syndication would have more, but I think what's happening is, you know, there's more production. I think we're starting to see some time periods open, which in syndication, you don't really see that often. You have shows that last for decades. I think things are starting to open. You know, now there's a rumor that Ellen DeGeneres might call it quits next year, which is only going to open up more time periods. And I think there's just a rise in production, you know, we're seeing a lot of interesting concepts and it's a very exciting for syndication. I think the value of uh, off-net programming is, is changing as well because, you know, 20, 10 years ago there was, you know, that was a big, a big sell to the station groups, but now off-net programming is just being hoovered up by all the SVOD platforms uh, and so it's less attractive to those station groups. So they're, you know, that's driven them further into their original production strategies and they're embracing new business models. They're not just waiting for things to come out of Hollywood and clear them on their air. They're uh, producing and de developing their own shows, getting together to syndicate those with uh, independent syndication outfits. So it's just a lot more original production hitting the market and, um, you know, station groups have got an appetite for new product and new business models and, you know, they're they're diving headlong into the digital space as well. It'd be interesting to see to hear hear what your thoughts on that are, Mark. Station groups moving into digital. You know, th in the world we live in now, you know, the, you know, everything's a lot of it's digitally oriented now. And in order to survive, you have to have a digital element. You can't just be a linear platform anymore. But what what excites me about this conference also is we're hearing. You know, I feel like the linear model's coming back to life also. You know, there are people out there that think within a couple of years or however many years, linear is going to be gone, it's going to be all digital. That's not going to happen. That's absolutely not going to happen. But if you are a broadcaster today, whether, wherever you are, whatever you do, you must have a digital element. You really have to focus on that as well because that's a, an important ingredient. And then, of course, the obstacle is, you know, in the world of digital, you have to figure out how to monetize it. You know, which is not so easy to do, but um, so yeah, we're starting to see any show that launches now has to have a digital component. That's an important factor. So what have been the, the, the shows, the channels and the people making the most noise in this sort of nappy renaissance year? What stood out for you, Mark? Well, I think the, the new show that's getting, getting the biggest buzz is the Kelly Clarkson show from NBC Universal. That is actually replacing Steve Harvey's talk show and it's going to air as a lead-in to Ellen on the NBC O&O's. There was a party last night for Kelly. She was there singing, it was jam-packed, and I really feel like she has the goods to, you know, do this kind of a show. When you're doing a talk show, there has to be a reason to do it. You have to have the right personality. You can't just throw somebody on the wall to see if they can do it. I think she can do it very, very well. Um, Tamron Hall, ABC, you know, domestic television distribution, 
That's cleared in 70% of the country, so that's snagged a lot of clearances. Kelly's at 80%. Um, and then you have some other talk show projects. Mel Robbins is in the works with Sony Pictures Television. Um, what I think is interesting is Jerry Springer is back. You know, he did his talk show, if my math is correct, I think he did it for 27 years. Wow. You know, and one thing people don't know about his show that I'm going to tell you a little secret, he actually beat Oprah one season in ratings. Oprah doesn't want you to know that, but it really happened. Um, he's now switching gears. He's doing a court show, and it's called Judge Jerry. So he'll take the antics from the talk show stage into the courtroom. I don't know what to expect, but I think it's a very good idea. He's very well-liked. Then you have um, Joe Brown, who did a court show for 15 years. He's now doing a week-and-half-hour talk with an ensemble of different people discussing topics of, of nature. That's called Hot Topics with Judge Joe. And we have a game show, 25 Words or Less, hosted by Meredith Vieira from 20 of Television. And there's other projects also looming, but those are kind of the bigger names. In, it's interesting, isn't it, in the time where, where, where we hear Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Apple, you know, we, we, we really get this sort of saturation of time by these on-demand binge um, deliverers of content, that there is even space in people's lives for this sort of syndicated old, old school, I mm -hmm. suppose, programming. Is it that these shows are making um, uh, success in homes that aren't so bigger consumers of, uh, of platforms like Netflix and Amazon? Or, 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 or is there still time in those households to watch those sorts of shows again? Well, you know, and in some ways syndication's in a bubble, and I'll tell you why. Um, there's a figure out there, 94% of the audience in daytime, which is predominantly older females, 25 to 54 and 55 plus, they consume their content live. So they're watching when the show is actually on. Now here's what's beneficial about syndication. If you have a show that let's say, let's talk Ellen, it runs five days a week. If you miss Tuesday's telecast, you watch it on Wednesday. You know, it's five days a week, so you could miss a telecast. So most of these viewers are not DVRing it, they're watching it live, and it's not that they're not watching digital, but they're not the biggest digital watchers. You know, they they tend to watch shows in daytime. And what happens in syndication, which is really unprecedented, is if, if you click, you could last for decades. Wheel of Fortune, I think, well, it's past 30 years. I think it's 35 years or 36 years. You know, Jeopardy, Entertainment Tonight, or, you know, Dr. Phil, these shows last for decades. And this audience is predominantly older female, and they tend to watch everything live. So it's kind of in a bubble of sorts. Interesting. Ed, what, what have been the, sort of the, the highlights for you this time in terms of news and stories at, uh, at NAPI 2019? Well, one of the things I've noticed this time around is um, a lot of the um, Hispanic broadcasters uh, are trying to refashion themselves uh, as international studios, uh, not just um, selling shows that they produce in Brazil or selling shows that they've made in Mexico, but you know, trying to get away from that to some degree, start forging ahead into the kind of shows that work on on SVOD platforms, edgier, shorter runs. Televisa has done uh, some co-production deals with Endemol Shine. Uh, they've done a co-production deal with Media Pro. They're all for forging these links with international producers to co-produce shows that could quite easily sit on, on Netflix or, or uh, Amazon, not necessarily the Latino programming that people expect, you know, telenovela kind of content. So they're, they're trying to get into that and have indeed got into that SVOD binge drama space. So what do we expect going forwards in 2019? And there was a lot of caution, or there is a lot of caution in the market at the moment uh, in terms of structural change and how um, the, um, the traditional players and the, uh, the new arrivals all fight it out during this year. Mark, what, what do you think we're going to see this year and, and what should people look out for? 
I think what we're going to see this year is we're going to see more original content. It's, it has not peaked. You know, I mean, we're talking every year. I mean, it, it, I believe the figure was 520 original shows. And I'm not counting daytime, I'm just counting, you know. Um, I think that's going to keep, you know, going up and up. At some point, it has to peak. I also think at some point, the digital streamers, I mean, you know, they, right now they have endless pockets. They seem to have money to spend for everything. At some point, that's going to have to dry up a little bit at, at some point. So I think we will peak eventually. I don't think it's going to be next year. And I think ultimately, you know, we work in a business uh, where shows that are established tend to resonate. Those are the shows that tend to carry the marketplace, which is why you see, you see certain shows on the broadcast networks in prime time that also last for years and years. People know the shows. So I think ultimately, you know, the rich will stay rich. I think the number of new shows will continue to increase. I think there is still the capacity for shows to come in and break out. I think in syndication, a show like Kelly Clarkson has a good shot of succeeding. You're not going to see ratings that you saw five, ten years ago, but you might see, you know, something respectable enough to stay on the air. And I think a number of the new projects that are, you know, getting on the air and vying for clearances, I think they're going to click. And I also think you're going to start seeing more time periods open in daytime, which we haven't seen in a very long time. Who's, who's doing well and who's not doing so well? I think, you know, what's interesting is a network like Fox, you know, they're obviously changing their whole focus. You know, when they launched way back when, I think it was 1987, they were a niche network and they, they got on the air by really pushing the envelope creatively. They're becoming more of a, you know, due to the consolidation, they're becoming more of a, you know, standard programmer and that's working for them. That's really working for them. You know, they have football on Thursday. I think next year they're going to have wrestling on Friday. And I think ultimately their ratings are going to keep increasing. I think CBS has a little bit of a problem ahead and here's why, the Big Bang Theory. This show's been on the air for 12 years and it's not going to be here next year. I think that could neg negatively impact Young Sheldon, and they're going to need a breakout hit sitcom, which is not easy to do. It's not impossible. I think CBS could have, you know, some issues. You know, they they focus predominantly also on crime solvers. You know, as long as they keep doing that, uh, I think the audience will keep watching. I think NBC is looking solid. The one thing they need to do is they need a hit sitcom. They don't have one. That's been a real problem for them for well over a decade. They really need to find something to break out. That's not Will and Grace. Um, ABC this season is kind of up and down. Uh, what really excites me is the fact that the Connors worked. A lot of people said, oh, it can't work without Roseanne. Well, guess what it did. Yeah. And I think they're, you know, they're having a decent season, not great. And the CW focuses on superheroes. And that's what they do. As long as they keep doing that, they'll you know they'll resonate in social media. And, and how are these net, how are the networks coping with the the attack from all angles? Because clearly their business model is about big numbers, big budgets, and um, big audiences. And uh, there must be a tipping point when it becomes very difficult to be a network in the fast changing content business. It's very difficult. But I'll give you an example of something. You know, it's kind of like you know you want to keep programming aggressively, but you have to remember that you have to have a digital arm. So you have a network like CBS that has CBS All Access, and they wanted to bring more subscribers to the digital component. So they put Star Trek um, Discovery, the new Star Trek, on CBS All Access. Now logically, if they had it on CBS, they would have had a bigger audience, and they did premiere it on CBS. But for CBS All Access, it brought in more subscribers, a lot more. They already announced a spinoff in the works. So I think, you know, it's kind of a, um, it's not easy to do, but you have to balance it. You have to program aggressively, but you have to remember you need to do digital. You need to kind of do both. 
So for them to do that, is, I think, is a very smart maneuver. Looking ahead to 2019, what do you think has started here uh, in, in, in Miami that we're going to see more of uh, in the coming 12 months? Well, as, as one of the things I'm particularly excited about and has been, there's been a buzz here at NetPay is this sort of the, um, the newfound demand for unscripted. Um, you know, we've had, we've had peak drama for many years now and Unscripted has played second fiddle to that, but I think there's a real win behind it now. I mean, we've seen a handful of US cable channels say that they're not going to do drama anymore. They're going to um, refocus on their core, which is unscripted. There's been a handful of those uh, uh, cable channels that are doing that. And obviously, the new fresh demand from the, um, the on-demand platforms for unscripted. And as that demand increases and as they internationalize that demand, I think there will be uh, more format-based unscripted programming on those platforms so they can localize it and you know they buy one piece of IP and just localize it they've started to do that and so there's a real sort of buzz in the unscripted community about those two trends